Hello, I'm Zeliha. Welcome to Nerd Gang NG, a weekly podcast that explores stories in books, culture, art, and from the perspectives of various creatives. Today's episode, we'll be looking at the book David Mogo God Hunter by Shui Davis Okungboa. Welcome to an awesome journey of culture and books all wrapped into one. The book follows the tale of a man named David Mogo, raised by a foster grandparent called Papa Udi and his ordeal as a half-breed between God and man. Termed termed Orisha Daji in this book, meaning half-God. Now, the book is set in a new Lagos where godlings have fallen from the sky. The heavens were no longer available for the gods to live in. They've been banished by Orumila and are trapped on earth, disrupting the lifestyle. Its focus is Lagos, Nigeria, and where any person has a problem with the godlings, they called David Mogul, who uses a mixture of Ebo, which means sacrificial powers with infused tools and his god sense to capture them. But he gets a job to capture the revered Orishas Ibeji by the dubious wizard called Akoni, who intends to create his own godlings. This is where David's journey to finding himself, family, and understanding the meaning of life begin. The book is written in a way that seems as though the writer assumes everyone is familiar with Lagos and Lagos Island most especially. He uses very simple language. Papa Udi, for, for instance, is said to be from the south-south of Nigeria and speaks a whole lot of pidgin, which is not directly translated in the book. But um, if you're familiar with um, Nigeria, you know most people from the south-south are very fl- are kind of fluent in the pidgin language language pidgin english Mo- many nigerians also understand the pidgin english but theirs is a bit um more special if you'd ask me so papa udi in the book speaks a whole lot of um pidgin it's not translated and the language in the book is very simple like he was narrating the tale to someone who was sitting across from him it's it's very rare where you find writers who are able to write books like that so effortlessly he makes it seem like lagos is a very popular well lagos nigeria is very popular but like it makes it um seem as though lagos was one of those places where everybody knows he doesn't explain in depthly as to okay third Milan bridge or like um the or makoko for example or places like lagos island um um sura complex it doesn't it doesn't explain all these things the reason i am um 
I, while reading the book, I actually know most of the areas he mentioned in the book. I'm very familiar with Lagos Island, the the location of his house, the Cardoso house, and all of that. But like, if you were not Nigerian, or even if you're Nigerian and not familiar with Lagos, you may not necessarily be, you will be unsure as to whether he's supposed to be explaining things to you or he's just telling you that well if you don't do it i'm shy giving you this gist so <laughs> yeah it follows themes of finding home they by home i mean finding your true place the godlings are, are like um stuck on earth now they don't tell us whether this happens all over the world because our focus is basically Lagos, Nigeria. Now the godlings are stuck on Earth, and they are trying to find a place. It's, it's, it's not as though they intend to just be nuisance to all the people on Earth, but like they are stuck here and they can't seem to find their way. So they are trying to find their way back home. Now what would they describe as their home because their home is turned with war and violence amongst the gods also there are imageries that are so many in this book one of such images is that of the nigerian society one on in which the rich and the poor live side by side but in contrast now they're very poverty stricken places within the same lagos that is the urban center of nigeria of um is one of the urban cities in nigeria i mean and then you see a place that is so unorganized so without infrastructure and then another part of the same city that is filled with so much infrastructure that it overflows and then it's 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 really sad because lagos lagos nigeria has this um (laughs) <laughs> this very large contrast there's the there's the island and then there's the mainland i mean island island like um lekki um Ikoi, victoria island not lagos island per se lagos island is the middle point between Le- lagos mainland and lagos <laughs> island what i mean is there's a place called isaleko that place is on the lagos island per se but it's the center it's not where the rich go to now the lagos island is like a divide where the rich lagosians live and then lagos mainland is supposed to be where the ordinary lagosians live although this may may or may not be true but like there's a lot of contrasting infrastructure rural development between these two parts of lagos anyways there are also imagery of patriarchy and how women are perceived and then there's also the images of violence how humans are so prone to violence we like violence a lot like uh, be coming down like you guys should be coming down but like the book is filled with images of violence there's a lot of fighting so if if, if there's a younger reader i would um advise guidance the godlings most prominent in this book anyway are the orisha Ibeji. This is where it gets interesting.
that is a song for the Orisha Ibeji, which basically means I have palm oil and beans. I'm not afraid to bear twins. Now, there are very many Orikis used to eulogize twins, but this is a very popular song. This one is a song that is being sung in the Yoruba community of West Africa to kind of praise the twins. The Orisha Ibeji represents the gods of joy, glee, and mischief. The Taiwo, being the firstborn twin, is the twin of knowledge. And the Kende, being the secondborn twin, being the warrior twin. However, according to Yoruba um, culture, the Kende, the secondborn twin, is actually the more the older twin. Because it is believed that the secondborn twin, Kende, asked Taiwo, the firstborn twin, to go and check what's the condition of where they're born into is like and then they will decide whether they will come whether she or he would come would follow tai into the world now in many parts of the world twins mean different things and in western africa the story of the ebg is one where according to yoruba mythology is one where the oshun goddess gave birth to the first set of twins but then it wasn't very popular so she was condemned and a lot of things happened so she abandoned them they were now later adopted by oya who at that time had no children the ibejis are even vilified till this day in some parts of the world one of which is the community of the basa in guagualada Abuja, Nigeria, where there's a high rate of infanticide. I don't know if it still goes on up till now, but um, they used to have a high rate of infanticide. So when the mother dies at childbirth, the community buries the child alive with the mother. Really, really crazy stuff. Now, there have been um, a few um, non-governmental organizations who have gone there to reduce the rates of infanticide and adopt these orphan children with them. Um, and give them a place to stay. Now, however, towns like Ibora having the highest concentration of twins in the world, like every commune, every household has twins in that community. They've eulogized the twins and sometimes worshiped them, stating that, that they bring good luck. The town is called the town of twins and a statue of a woman carrying twins is found in the center of the community. Some believe it is because of their famous Ilasa soup, a soup made of okra leaves and um, melon soup, where um, it's believed that because of their high intake of this soup, that's why they have so many twins. But there's no real proof to that. Um, most houses in this town have a mini shrine where they give praises to the twin gods Orisha Kende and Ktai. The items they use to give praise are palm oil, cold water, Kula nuts and cooked beans. They, are, they also have sometimes have twin effigies. They believe that where twins are born with just one placenta, one of their very other crazy beliefs is that um, when twins are born with just one placenta, they are called the violent twins. The reason being that um, they believe that when one of such twins dies, the second one may not live. Now, they, they also believe that the ones born with separate placentas are the peaceful twins, where even if one of them dies, the second one would stay. Twins were also such a huge controversy in communities like the Ibibio in Calabar, 
until maybe according to history, Mary Slessor came and stopped the killing of them. However, now they are admired and greatly desired in these communities. The Orisha Ibeji are the twin godlings that David Mogo is asked to retrieve for the evil wizard Bale Ajani, who wants to use their essence to create godlings. Now, I would recommend this book for anyone who enjoys either god punk or african futurism novel it's simple writing but it's filled with a lot of fun um, imagery there's also a lot of violence so um younger readers have to be guided thank you for listening to this episode of net gang ng share with your friends and family you can follow me on my social media on twitter at zeli 007 that is x-e-l-i-e 007 share this podcast with your friends and family like wouldn't they rather join the gang <laughs> till next time ireo that is joy to you and yours in yoruba <laughs>